0: Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you Joseph for sponsoring tonight, this is, um, this is, it's being sponsored in honor of, in memory of, in honor of, the memory of, in memory of the honor of, in honor of, in honor of, in honor of Miriam, Miriam Bassaro. she should be blessed with only brachas, till 120, and you should share many brachas with her. All the brachas, all the brachas that you're yeah, looking man. for. Is her birthday? Oh, no, it's, it's not her birthday. It's I, I would say it's just. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should have a lot of simcha together. Much, much simcha. All right. Okay, good evening, everyone. Welcome back after our um, holiday, hi- hi- holiday hiatus. Um, we re- return, get back together once again, and resume our Thursday night Chomish and uh And jumping back into things with Parshas Neuch over here. And once again, thank you to Joseph, Miriam, P- Pierre for sponsoring tonight's Chomish and Shandar special gala edition, kickoff edition for, for the Wintersman. And uh, should be only a schus and source of bracha and simcha and celebration for the Pierre family. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Nayach, uh, Bereshus always loses out. Oh no, Bereshus always gets uh, there's such a huge parsha I always gets hit by Bainis right? But um, we can do nothing to do about it this year. It's already Nayach, so we've got to move on to Nayach. So, not that Nayach is an insignificant parsha, Nayach, we have Ela told us, Nayach, Nayach is a big tzaddik, right? Big a big saddock. Uh, well, the songs notwithstanding. But he was a very big Sadik, Noyach. And he's mentioned as being uh, mentions being a tzaddik several times in the parsha. He's called a Tzadik. The very first Pasuk, And when Hashem communicates with, with uh, Noyach, Noyach, I want you to escape into the table with your family because you have seen your Tzadik Lefanei you're the tzaddik. I want you to be saved. Noach the tzaddik, the big tzaddik. It's interesting that we, you know, examine the whole sequence of the the, the whole story with the teva, the flood, and Noach building the teva. There's a Rashi that actually presents the teva in very interesting terms, and you know, Rashi says it like it is. We can't, and the Rashi's never there to be papered over. To be kind of just glossed over and uh, right, whatever. We don't, you know. Uh, we're not gonna on, on this Rashi too much. No, Rashi to the contrary. Rashi writes things the way the way it is. Rashi shoots from the hip, and, and if there's a Rashi, that if we look at it closely, it's a you know Rashi. You gotta ask yourself, what do you do with this Rashi? Um, this is the ra- Rashi over here. When Rashi is telling, when, when, when Hashem is telling Nayach to build a Teva. Um, so Rashi says the following. Now, actually a well-known Rashi, but if we look at how what Rashi is worded, there's something very strange going on inside the Rashi. It can't be really swept away. Um, yeah, this is Rashi Pasuk Yadalad. beginning the Parsh of Pasuk Yadalad, verse 14, chapter 6, verse 14. And this is where Hashem tells make a teva out of gopher wood. Make it chambers broken up into different cages and chambers for the animals. Coated from the inside and the outside with pitch, with tar. A sealant. So it says Rashi, make for yourself an ark. Rashi asks a question, Hashem has all kinds of ways to save people. Hashem could... Have done anything to save Noyach and his family. Hashem could have, you know, clapped his hands, so to speak, snapped his fingers, as it were, and had Noyach be transported to, to the moon for the whole year, right? Send Noyach up to the moon, send him to Mars, make a, make a little like, safety zone, um, you know, make, a, make an underground bunker, whatever, whatever. There's, that's what Rashi saying. Hashem has no shortage of ways of saving people. Why was the, the way that Hashem chose to save through this, this massive project, through building this table? So it says, Rashi, We did this in order for the people in his generation to see him hammering away, pounding away, nailing, sawing, and drilling, and assembling for 120 years. It took him 120 years to build this, this colossal structure. 300 am is, mean, this thing was the length of, you know, between, um, between, uh, um, the, the length of several football fields, you know, even if you go with the, the inside measurements of, uh, of an ammo. Um, and, you know, 30 am is tall, 50 am is wide, so it took him 120 years to make this. And we want everyone to see him... Plugging away, panting away for 120 years. The shaylists The people are going to come by and see Nayak as, you know, day and night. He's working on this huge, colossal project. They're going to say, Mazay Isluch. Nayak, what's up? What are you doing here? What are you doing? a too big to be a sukkah. Nobody makes a sukkah this big. Nayak, what are you making? And he's going to tell them back, Azakash Abul He says, You know why I'm making this? Because, behold, the great flood is coming. The end is nigh. The end is nigh. The deluge is coming. Repent now while you can. That's what he's going to tell people. Ula yashuvu. maybe they'll do tshuva. Maybe they will do tshuva. Okay, so that's actually a well-known Rashi. The, the Rashi itself is a well-known idea that Na'ach is working on the table for 120 years for, to make a lot of commotion, to get a lot of attention. Uh, publicity, people ask him, you know, what are you doing, Na'ach? And he's going to answer, I'm doing this because Hashem is uh, making a mabul and repent. So it was a way to, to, to um, a last-ditch effort to get people to do tshuva. I want to focus though on one word that Rashi uses Rashi uses a very interesting word which we can't ignore it says Rashi lama <speaking in Hebrew> why was that Kodesh matriach noyach why did Hashem burden noyach burden noyach this is a burden this is something burdensome this is something that was etirchot this was a chore this was laborious Rashi's answer is not... Oh, re- really wasn't the tircha. Noyach was having such a fun time. was Geshmak. Noyach was... Uh, psh, whoa. Noyach was... Um, was... Uh, was... Uh, yeah, <laughs> cups. <laughs> should we get the shot glasses? I should be get bench. Um, so... Uh, um, Rashi, in the answer... You know, we know the way Talmudic ex- exchanges can always go... The, we have a, a Talmudic question, and sometimes the answer, like, reverses the question, and we see oh, we were wrong. We were mistaken in our question. We, we were mistaken in our whole approach and our whole worldview. A lot of times an answer to a question does that. But sometimes an answer it doesn't, doesn't, uh, chaim. Um, sometimes an answer doesn't reverse the question, reverse the, the, the assumptions of the question. Rather, the question, the answer embraces the question and, and works with the question, and it provides me with an answer. Rashi, in, in his question, is asking if Hashem has so many different ways Hashem can save Nayach, why did we put Nayach through such a tircha? Tircha is a strong word. You know, we use the word tircha in, in, in a very negative way. It has a negative connotation, the word tircha. To, to burden somebody, to, to um, belabor someone, to inconvenience someone, that's what a tircha is. This is too much of a tircha. So Rashi is asking, why, what, why was the mention of Matriach Adam? The answer is, so people will see him working for 120 years and ask what he's doing, and he'll get to people to do tshuva. And Eli is 100% right. It, it, something funny is going on here, because at the end of the day, it's still, it's a tircha. We're being told this was a tircha. We're being po- told this was a big pain in the neck. We're being told this was laborious. This was a chore. This was burdensome. A tircha. Since when are we Matriach Sadikim? Noich was a tzadik we saw several times already he was a tzaddik a tzaddik is not someone we're going to throw tirchas at we're not going to burden him we're not going to give him you know busy work but that's exactly what we did tonight for 120 years let's ask the question even better what's, what's the answer what's Rashi's answer why is he building this table? This guy, this colossal mammoth project for 120 years, so people will see and stop and ask, Noach, what are you doing? Oh, the tape of the mabble's coming. I'm doing this to escape the mabble. Oh, maybe I should do tshuva. That's the only way Noach can get people to do tshuva. Why isn't the Rebansham just telling Noach, listen, the flood's coming in 120 years. Noach, I want you to go make sure people do tshuva. And Noach can come up with a way that it's not a tshuva. He can come up with the way that, that he can play to his strengths. He can be creative. He can be inventive. He can go ahead and start canvassing people. He can start knocking door to door. He can ask people, you know, can I put up the sign on your front lawn that says, repent, the flood is coming. Right? He can do all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Repent. Right? That's all the signs are saying, all the signs up and down the block, repent, the elections are coming. Right? <laughs> so, can can can, can like, like, there's so many ways he could do this. And exactly like Rashi asks in his question, <laughs> the question was, Hashem has so many ways of saving Nayak. Why, Davka, the table? Why did we belabor noyach? Why do we burden noyach with this? Oh, so people will have a chance for 120 years to do juba. That's the only way we can pull this off. If the question was why are we being matriachim? we don't seem to have a satisfactory answer. Because we're back to the uh, opening question. W- w- why taka were you matriach on and, ra- uh, and Rashi's not backing down for that. Rashi's not telling us the answer wasn't really a tirchah. Was it a tirchah? Nayach had to work very hard for 120 years. It seems to be very, <coughs> like, 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 like kind of roundabout, a very roundabout way that that's the whole justification for noyach's tircha, tircha for 120 years is in order for people to see, to make a commotion, get people to do tshuva. So just, just tell noyach, noyach, go get people to do tshuva. Vaito, why the tirchah? Why be matriach noyach? What's the justification for the tirchow? We don't seem to have a good answer, a good solid answer to that, to the, to the, to the answer. So, now we'll make a chaim again. We'll, we'll take a sip this time. Chaim, everyone. Okay. So, and Vaito, and, 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 and we're told he's a tzaddik. We're told he's a tzaddik why being you being the why so people should see and ask and dochuva find another way of doing that have not been in charge of the of the chuva have not figured out a way to do it why you like this forced labor forced labor for 20 20 years to result like in the side effect the side effect that people should see in Tshuva. it's very strange very very strange Hitrichu. so the, the word's like this a kind of a, a, a very uh, a, a profound idea that's really going on here in this Rashi. It's an insight into Nayach, an, ins- an insight into Nayach's Yachas with his generation, his relationship with his generation, really an insight into life, very relevant for us. And, 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 and the Emma's like this. This was a last ditch effort to save humanity, true. And the uh, wants to give them one final chance to do Chuv, of course so that nobody can have any excuses, nobody can have any arguments, and no one can have any, you know, problems with Hashem's din. and say, well, Hashem, you didn't give me a chance to do tshuva. We have to answer all that up. We have to make sure that everyone had their last-ditch, final uh, final chance to do tshuva. And that's what this is for sure. The last, the last, last um, hurrah for humanity but at the same time for Noyach, Chazal tell us that Noyach kind of had an opportunity before this that he fell short of. And Chazal characterized Noyach and Avram Avinu and Chazal draw a very, very powerful difference between Noyach and Avram Avinu. We, we know that Avram Avinu again and again, Avram Avinu on his own Promoted Hashem on his own. He promulgated and professed the, the, the precepts of Hashem. He taught, he disseminated, he was busy with humanity. Avram Avinu on his own said, I have, I, I have stuff to share with you guys. Let me share it. Let me share it. That was Avram Avinu. Come, come hear what I have to share. We're told Nayach didn't do that. Not just in the last 120 years, before the 120 years. The, the Bible came when he was 600 already. So he had 480 years of his life to be an Avram, and he wasn't an Avram. He had the MS, he had the truth, and he was Takat Tzadik, but he kept it to himself. And the truth is like this, Rabbi Isai. We find this coming out in a lot of different places, this idea. Um, Chazal tell us that the world is going to last for how many years? How many years before we nuke nuke everything? What? 6,000. Which, on the one hand, is a little... Distressing that in the year six thousand everything's gonna be nuked, right? But on the other hand, it's reassuring that nothing's gonna be nuked till the year six thousand. Where we are assured the world will last till the year six thousand. It will. It will. It will. Even with what's going on in Ukraine and Putin, and even with global warming, and even with uh, the, the, the 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 state of the economy. What? North Korea. North Korea <clears throat> and the latest COVID variant. Right. <laughs> yes. Even with with everything. With everything. All the Shahr Um the world will last till the year six thousand. Okay, okay. Chazal go and they take this six thousand years that the world will last for, till Hashem reveals Himself, till whatever, till again, till we neutralize the world, or we, we put the world on hold, and we get ready for Adam HaBa. So Chazal divide the world into, into three chunks of two thousand years. Three distinct chunks of two thousand years. Chazal do this right around the year four thousand. Chazal did this. Meaning close to two thousand years ago, Chazal divided the world into three epochs of two thousand years each. The final epoch, where we are right now, is two thousand years of Mashiach. The final two thousand years are that of Mashiach, which means getting ready for Mashiach, getting bring the world towards you know its final uh, readiness for Mashiach. The middle two thousand years, the Gemara says, two thousand years of, of Torah, two thousand years of Torah, and the Original 2,000 years, 2,000 years of toihu. Toihu is, is uh, void, desolation, chaos. 2,000 years of chaos. 2,000 years of topsy-turviness. Different ways of translating it. Chaos, void, desolation. Entropy. So, what? Entropy. Entropy? I don't know. I don't know I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it translated entropy. But, but, um, um 2,000 years of, of desolation 2,000 years of Torah and 2,000 years of Mashiach. The 2,000 years of Toyu did not have to be years of Toyu. They did not have to be years of desolation. But they were. Lamai said they were. What does it mean, desolation? Toyu. What's Toyu? It's toihu, that harks back to the First Post of Toyu means Toyu Vavayu. The world is desolate. The world is void. There's nothing going on yet. Nothing going on in terms of what? You know what happened in the first 2,000 years? So much happened in the first 2,000 years. I mean, you had Adam, you had this whole thing with the Nachash and with Chava, sure. Then you have the Mabel happens in the first 2,000 years, the Torah of the Tower of Babel that happens in the first 2,000 years. 2,000 years, Enosh is there, Kain and Hevel are there, a lot of activity is there in the first 2,000 years. Why is it called desolation? No Torah. Bingo. What does it mean that there wasn't Torah and now, that there, is, now there is Torah? When does the second when when's the second set of two thousand years begin? The two thousand years of Torah. When does that begin? With Avram Avinu. It begins with Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is born in the year for in Jewish years nineteen forty eight. When he turns fifty two, that's when we have the year two thousand. In other words, when Avram Avinu is accepted, when Avram Avinu is no longer giving up his life for Hashem, when he's building students, when he's when he's building Tamidim, when he is when he was making a, a, a nefesh, uh, asher roch, rochashu, the, the souls that he's procuring, the, the, the souls that he's saving, the lives that he's turning around, that's what he began the 2,000 years of Torah. And is exactly right. The first 2,000 years are called years of desolation because there's no Torah yet. What does Torah mean? What does there mean to be Torah? Torah means for Hashem's truth to be recognized in the world, for it to be accessible, for it to be available, to, for it to be... For it to be out there Hashem's truth, Hashem's MS to be out there in the world. that's what Torah is in an open way, in an available way, in an accessible way. If the world is not a statement, a testimony to Hashem, that's Toyu, that's what Taihu is. If the world's upside down, chaotic and is anything but a testimony to the existence of Hashem, that's what Tohu is that's Toyu, and that's the first 2,000 years. chaotic. And desolate in the sense that we don't see Hashem anywhere. What do we see? We see Enosh and this generation worshipping false gods. We see Nimrod leading this uh, Migdah Babel project, building the Tower of Babel up to the heavens. We see anything but rhyme and reason and order of God. There's desolation. That's Toyu. Avram begins the 2,000 years of Torah. Avram who advertises God. who who promotes God, who disseminates the truth and the teachings of God, that's when Torah begins. Noach and Adam did not have a hand in this. Noach knew the truth and he was cognizant of the truth and he he observed the truth. He he, he lived by the truth but he kept it kind of inward. He kept it within in his immediate, you know, self and existence. It wasn't advertised outside. Noach didn't do that. It wasn't, come, I have so much to share, I have so much to give. I, I want to spread the truth. Noach kept it inward, it didn't release it outward. That's the difference between Noach and, and Avram. And that's the difference between Toyu and Teirah. And it shows up in the puzzle. also. We said that the Torah keeps... What? No, I'm really... Uh, I want to say something. Sometimes I find Noach to be... to have a similarity between Naomi. Naomi, who moved to Moab? Yes. That she left the Jews? You mean? Yes, yeah, no, because she converted that lady without a word. Rus, you mean Rus or Naomi? Ru- Ru- yes, Ruth. Ru- Naomi moved Ru- Ru- to Judaism without. It was just by observation. But by... She, I mean, they did not mention anyway. She, she preached her or to convert her just because of the way she lived, her yeah. behavior, and then she just decided to follow all that. Mm. Very nice. I think people should also just follow, you no know, just the way that woman, that woman made that decision. Mm. Because he, his behavior was, as I said, his behavior was, Right. Very nice, Joseph. Nice connection. Noah's wife's name, Nama. Nama. Oh, very nice. (laughs) Nami and Nama. Very nice. Yeah, so. um, In any case, we have this shift from Toyu to Torah, from Noach to Avram, and from Am I keeping Torah and the truth to myself? Like if you want to come knock at my door? Or am I. Giving it out, disseminating it, and sharing it, and 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 um, <clears throat> trying to make a movement, trying to make a movement, trying to make a movement. That was Avram Avinu, sharing it, sharing the truth. real question is, did Noah even understand that he had to bring the laws of God out to everybody? Certainly, if you if you see the truth and you see people who don't have the truth, there has to be uh, uh, a well, he wasn't a. Taught he knew that he Neuch certainly knew the truth. He knew Hashem and he knew Hashem's Torah. He, he had the truth, and he embraced the truth. So this is the difference between Na'ach and Avram and Toyu and Torah. And now we get back to the fact that Na'ach is called a tzaddik. Yes, he's called a tzaddik. He's called a tzaddik. So how, how do we make sense of that in light of the fact that we're drawing this distinction between Na'ach and Avram? How do we call him a tzaddik? I want to point out something incredible to everybody. He's called it tzaddik, but listen to how he's called it tzaddik. Let's read the pasuk again. We have a very interesting dig in the pasuk, not just once but twice in the same pasuk, back to back. An emphasis over here as to how Noach is actually being presented as tzaddik. I see that you're a tzaddik. I see that you're in my presence, in my vision, badorazem. In this generation, it's clear to me that you're a tzaddik. no, no, not Ra'isi, tzaddik lufanai. I, I see that you're a tzaddik lufanai in my presence, in my understanding, from my perspective. What's the i shalom saying? Nobody else knows you're a tzaddik. Exactly, exactly. You just read the pasuk. It's my what The pasuk is saying, nobody else knew that noich was a tzaddik, and this was a taina. This was this 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 was a, a critique. There's a critique, I listen again, Avadi's a tzaddik, sure, I can't destroy you, and, and you have to be the, the one that, that you, from, from you I'm going to create the entire, you know, next universe, the next world is going to be created from you because you're the tzaddik, B- but you're, you're a tzaddik-nister. You're a hidden tzaddik. <coughs> you're a hidden tzaddik. I see, I see that you're a tzaddik l'fanai, only in my presence, and as Rav Avam Shraga Faybel is exactly surmising what the Pasuk is saying, is that he wasn't a tzaddik in anyone else's eyes. No one else knew that he was a tzaddik. How come no one knows you're a tzaddik? To go disseminate, go teach, go share, go spread the light, spread the truth, spread the wisdom of God. What are you doing? That you're a tzaddik in front of me. Lafana, you're a tzaddik. No one else knows that you're a tzaddik. And this was a problem, that's why it's Toyu. That's why it's toyhu. And we come back to the table. Noach is told to build a Teva. He was given centuries to be that Avram Avinu to go from Tayo to Teirut. Noach doesn't do it. It wasn't... The role that he chose to play. Rather, he was a Tzadik for himself. And he was a tzaddik certainly. But a Tzadik for himself and only in Hashem's eyes. And now finally, it's time to destroy the world. Hashem decrees it's time to destroy the world and move on. So we already gave Noach his chance at him affecting and influencing his generation. He was given 480 years to do that. Hashem says, now it's time to destroy the world. But you know what? I can't let these people have tainazami arguments against me. That I didn't give them a chance just because noyach, you didn't give them a chance. I can't have them have arguments against me. I have to make sure they get a chance. Noyach is forced, is forced into a situation where people will be given a second chance. That's the whole point of the Tehba. And that's the whole point of the Rashi. And it is a tircha. It's indeed a tircha. Rashi says it like it is and we don't back down from this. Why were we matriach Why did we burden noyach? Because Hashem needs to see, Midas Hadin has to be satisfied over here. We need to know that we really gave people a bona fide chance to do tshuva before we can destroy them. Noyach didn't really give them that chance. Noyach didn't give them the chance because he kept his sitkus to himself. Okay, so noyach, you had your chance to give them that chance and if you didn't, exercise that option on your own, you're going to be forced to give them that chance. So I'm not going to ask you now to go ahead and knock door to door. I'm not going to ask you to choose your own creative mahalik methodology as to how you're going to get your generation to do tshuva. It. It's too late for that. I'm going to call the shots now. I'm going to give you a job, and I'm going to set you up in such a way that, that I'm giving them a chance through you. But it's not through your own volition anymore. It's not through your own choice. It's not through your own, uh, you know, Decision and, 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 and uh, you know the direction that you decide to take—it's me working through you. It is Hashem working through Na'ach and attack, It's a tircha. It's a burden from Na'ach's perspective. It's a burden—a burden that in, in theory could have been avoided if Na'ach in those four hundred and eighty years would have gone ahead and been an Avram Avinu, gone from Tayyu to Tiryah on his own, which Nayak doesn't. Still Tayuh and this is now Hashem working through Na'ach. And coming back to us, it really presents us with a chilling idea. It's an idea that's a real idea in life. Each of us in life has, has, has a, a job, has a mission. And we're in a generation that we, we can't afford to be people that are righteous, just, if, and we keep our things to ourselves. We keep our wares, we keep our tzitkos. Ilya, you know, we can't keep all of our special qualities to ourselves. We can't. You know, Rabbi Sol Solander's brought that famously, this 150 years ago. He, more than that. He, he wanted to be a hidden sadic. Rabbi Sol Solander. The famous founder and father of the Muslim movement. He wanted to be a hidden sadiq. Come, Emmanuel come, join us, get the 10 minutes still. He wanted to be a hidden sadiq. And he was told by his rabbi, No, you're not allowed to. You can't be. You can't keep your tzidkas to yourself. You can't keep it for yourself because the generation is in a dire place and is in, is in dire straits. Your generation needs you. Klai Israel needs you. You know, we're in such a mess over here. You know, the Enlightenment has messed up Klai's, messed up Jews. There's so much you know, damage and, and, and destruction going on out there, you're not allowed to be a hidden sidekick. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep your tzitkas to yourself. And we do have things, lessons that we're, and, and le- each and every one of us has things that we're supposed to share with the world, share with our families, share with our friends, and we're supposed to try to give over lessons, give over truth, give over the presence of Hashem, and you know something Rabbi says, sometimes if a Yid doesn't choose to do this on his, own, on his own, it happens in spite of him. And when it happens in spite of you, it happens through a tircha. Al- it can happen in a very painful way. Meaning, l- this is lamushal, lamashal. Rachmole Islam, Khalil Vechas, someone with, let's say, the Rabbi Shem benches somebody with tons and tons of money. Lamashal. okay? So he has a tafkin now. He has an assignment. What's he going to do with that money? What's he going to do with all that money? So, what is Hashem, why does Hashem give a Jew tons of money? To, to put the money to good use. To, to give it to, uh, to yeshivas, to come to maestas, to shuls, to keep Chalisol afloat and afoot, to keep Sol functioning. And that's, you know, his, 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 his job of spreading Hashem's truth. Hashem gives somebody wisdom. Hashem gives somebody in, intelligence. Hashem endows them with these traits to share it and not to keep it for himself. When you share it, that's Torah. When you keep it for yourself, that's what? Toyu. That's toyu. And a yid can sometimes find himself giving a lesson al korchach. Al Through compulsion. If he didn't choose to give a lesson to everyone, if he didn't choose to show everyone what you do with your wealth, Rachman Lassan, Hashem can take wealth away from him. But not so much as a punishment, but for people to get a lesson. What's the lesson? Wow, well, look what happens to a yid. Look what Hashem will do to somebody if he doesn't use his money properly. Look what Hashem can do to somebody if he doesn't use his skills and his talents properly. That's vital, right, a lesson. That's a lesson, but it's a lesson that's being put through somebody. Person is being compelled to share that lesson now. So that's a scary thing, and that's the lesson of of toihu, of Hashem working through us, not toiro us disseminating Hashem's lessons. So Avada Inoich was a tzaddik, but his job was to be a tzaddik, not just as we just read in the Pasik, lefunai, not just a tzaddik raisi, but a tzaddik, not just a tzaddik That's what tzad, Noich really was, a tzaddik nister. This job is to be a tzaddik nigla. And when the generation needs you and you keep yourself hidden, then Hashem will work through you. You'll be compelled to be nisgala to everybody. But at that point, it's a tirchah. It becomes a burden. It's not something you elected to do. It's nothing you chose to do. And that's why, taka hitrichu, we were matriach noyach with this, because it was too late to ask Him to come up with His own plan. Okay, so again, but the lesson for us, such a powerful, relevant lesson, Hashem has endowed all of us, each and every one of us in this room. With skills, with kaychs, with talents, with, 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 with resources. And it's our job to be a tzaddik nigla. Each and every one of us can be a tzaddik, to use our resources, physical, metaphysical, spiritual, and otherwise, to share toira, and not to remain, let the world remain in a state of toyu. And not Hashem ever find ourselves being people who Hashem works through us. Whoa, my gosh, you look to see what happened to that guy? That's terrifying. Hashem is so powerful. Look what happened to that guy over there. That's toihu. That's toyu. We want to share lessons on our own. That's Torah. Okay. Time for one more quick idea here in the parsha. Let's turn to the Doraf Floga. Doraf Floga is a very—that's the Tower of Bovo. Okay, the people that built this huge tower. Very interesting episode. Kind of hard to crack open. And what did they want exactly? What were these people? These weren't dumb people. They were intelligent people, right? You know, backwards, barbaric barbarians, dumb people that thought the earth was flat, right? The earth is supported is on the back of giant hamster you know something like one of these backwards kinds of beliefs and philosophies no these were intelligent smart people and they were building a tower it says to, to make for themselves a name don't know let's see let's make ourselves a, ta- a city and a tower which will go up to the heavens we'll make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered in the earth on the face of the earth So Rashi brings down three different motivations that they had. One was they made a calculation every one thousand six hundred fifty six years that a flood comes again. So they had to build pillars to hold up the sky. So the flood should come. It's hard to figure that one out. Um, Rashi brings down um, that um, that it was a base of a zara. It was a huge temple to a a ziggurat. I think they call those things right. Ziggurat, huge towering temple towards, to the, to the gods, to, to be an affront to God, to Hashem. Rashi brings another pshat, Bo that Hashem, who let Hashem choose for Himself the upper regions? <laughs> now, let's go up to heaven, venasimoyim let's go up to heaven, make a battle with God, let's, let's move into the heavens, let's try to topple God from, his his seat in the heavens. Let let's go take over, let's move into heaven and take over. What? Sounds like the Russians when they got the space. It sounds like I was going to say. It sounds like January sixth. <laughs> Ouch. It sounds like a lot of things over here. I don't know. Uh, so let's move into heaven. Let's go make a. Let's build the structure. The tower move into heaven. So. Yeah, so, so where did they go? They, they went into space? I know that's where God is. God's in space? Can't be in space, right? What is it? Who's the, the Russian cosmonaut? Yuri? He went into space and said, said he didn't see God in space. So they weren't, right? A famous quote. He said, I know God doesn't exist now because I went into space. I didn't see God. It's one of the most brilliant statements ever made by anyone. But, so anyway, so they weren't going into space, right? Because God's not in space. I don't know where they were going. So I, so I, but I, I want to break this down a little bit. We have just a few minutes left tomorrow, so let's do this quickly. How were how they pulling this off? I have no idea. These, again, they were intelligent people. You can't, everyone, anyone intelligent knows you can't make a tower and go to heaven. So was this allegorical? Was this something meditative, metaphysical? I don't know. I don't know. We don't really have to get into that. But I just want to know, what's the push-up what What were they trying to do in, in terms of moving into heaven? What does that mean? They wanted to move into heaven. That God can't take heaven. We want to move into heaven. God takes heaven for himself. Let's go move into heaven. Like, what's this simplistic approach? That again, forgetting about how they were going to pull it off. But what was their motive? What did they want this? He had a whole, a whole, a whole movement. Like the entire civilized world was behind this. What were they trying to do? The terrorists like this. You know what they're trying to do? No, not quite. but but but, but you're not far off. You're not far off they were not content with a physical existence. They remember Adam HaRishon, they remember the good old days, what it was like for Adam HaRishon and what Adam could have had. Adam HaRishon was living in Gan Eden, which is a metaphysical existence, and he was destined, for like this, he could have gone to Adam HaBah if he wouldn't have sinned, which is a spiritual existence. Everyone knows that up there is a spiritual existence. They want a spiritual existence. And they're saying, God's up there, he's barring us from having entry, we're locked down here into a physical existence. We've been exiled ever since Adam HaRishon. We've been exiled, sent out of that metaphysical existence, kicked out of Gan Eden, And that's, the exact, that's exactly what they're saying. Hashem can't just choose that place for himself and kick humanity out, kick mankind out, kick Adam HaRishon out. We're going to make a war and we're going to take it back again. So again, how do they think they were going to pull that off? I have no idea. That's not our, you know, that's like, you know, for the, I don't know, the mystics and the, the pseudo-mystics how they were going to pull it off. Was that through Kabbalah, through the meditation? I don't know, who cares? But what did they want? They wanted to, so to speak, take back what was taken away from Adam Rishon by force. Re, 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 restore humanity to a spiritual, if not pseudo-spiritual, if metaphysical existence. The, the one that Adam Rishon had originally. Hashem, you kicked Adam Rishon out. And you, now, you, you kept it for yourself. We want to take it back again. So far, so good. This is what they wanted. And here, herein, they, therein, they made a tremendous error. They made, they made a, uh, a, there was a fallacy in their thought process over here. Their, their error was seeing their exile, so to speak, as exile, and seeing it as being barred entry to the spiritual existence where Hashem lies. Meaning, the correct take on humanity, mankind, from Anar Mishan and on An is not that we are in exile down here and we've been stripped of all our power, which is it's clearly a power thing. They want to throw Hashem out because they want to get all the power back again. We haven't been stripped of power. We haven't been really exiled. We haven't been, um, you know, barred entry to, to, a, to a special um, exclusive club to the contrary. We're more powerful when we're down here. This was the mistake that they made, the Dora We're actually more par- powerful down here. If any of us would, would have the ability to snap our fingers and go up to where Hashem is, go up to where Adam was before the Cheyb, we suddenly lose all of our power. As we're down here, we actually have an existence up there. Our is up there. And the times of the Zoraf laga, they also had, they, everyone had, w- had really the status of, of, of a yidbek and of a Jew. They had an neshama up there. They had an existence up there. And not only they had an existence up there, by doing things down here, by making a bracha on food down here, they're elevating the world down here and they're bringing it into alignment with the world up there. What they were saying was, no, 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 we want to give this existence up. We want to be back up there. You're blocking us. You're holding us back. You're not being held back. You're so much more powerful down here because when you're down here all your actions down here are actually affecting the world up there. And once you're up there you can't affect the world up there anymore. So this was their mistake is that they were being blocked, they're being barred. No, from the chayt and onward we actually have a new existence where our power, our power comes from us being down here. Our power to, to change things, to work things around, to affect things, to bring tikkunim only comes from the fact that we're down here. And you know, people make this mistake nowadays too. You know, that I, why do I have to be down here, the I'd love to be up there, I'd love to just, you know, be, be in, in a state of purity all day long, of Kedusha and Tahara, we're down here, Rabbi, he said, to be down here, to be involved down here, with the mundane, but to elevate the mundane, and we're so powerful when we're down here, to bring Kedusha to the realm of the mundane, and as we do that, we are, at the same time, linked to our neshama that's all the way up there, and as we elevate the mundane, we are providing elevation to the upper, levels of existence as well where, where we the upper part of us exists so that's all of that kind of condensed um, and compressed but I'll but, uh, let the Oilam decompress that but in any case this was this was the argument of the Doar Floga. they wanted to retake the shamim's get back to the state before Elam and their fallacy was again that they're much more powerful now they're not being blocked they're being given power and they're being given a mission okay thank you all for joining wish you have a wonderful excellent amazing Shabbos and um we we'll get back together next week for more exciting adventures. Uh, good to know. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, so, Thank you. Uh, sorry, uh, don't usually <laughs> sorry but don't usually say that. Something. There will it shouldn't you. be just like a mistake. Like it had to come from an Akuda of of rough. Like right. okay, so they have the wrong philosophies? so mistaken philosophy. No, well, there's definitely rap going on in the background, which which generates mistaken philosophy for sure. I guess if we have more time. When we have more time, we can we can get to that. But it's for sure coming from from the niggas. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh-huh. More spirituality.